Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 91 of the Lift Free and Diet Hard podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Coates, and I'm back with my friend, Matthew Ibrahim. And we've been chatting a little bit, wanted to get him back on. The scheduling fits great. Uh, a little heads up, I'm going on vacation shortly, pretty much within a week, and I'm going to do my best to make sure I have episodes for everything, but I might miss a week if scheduling just has been a bit, a bit tricky. I lost a guest last week, which sort of put me a little bit behind. But uh, it's great to have you back. So if anybody's not already following Matthew or, or know about him, uh, well, he's a lot of things. He's a coach, he's a writer, he's a speaker, uh, your college professor, and uh, your PhD student amongst other uh, you know hats that you wear. So it's great to have you back. Andrew, thank you so much for having me on. I think when we were on last, maybe a year, year and a half, and conversations were a bit different than during, you know, what was going around in the world. But it's nice to get up, get outside more, be in front of people and, and have that interaction. So I'm really looking forward to jumping on. So thank you again. Yeah. And, you know, sooner or later, you and I will, will cross paths in person at one of these events. And you just came back from the, you were presenting at the National NSCA Convention. Now that was in, that was in New Orleans, right? If I'm yep. not mistaken. Yeah, okay. Just right, right in downtown area, you get yourself a beignet, a po' boy. It's, it's a nice area. So how was that? And, you know, let's expand it into because I know that sometimes the conversations that are going on in this podcast are reflections of, you know, my career trajectory. And the, the podcast can't help but speak to other coaches and kind of the stuff that they might be interested in. And you've been doing speaking, presenting for a really long time. I and mean, you do it as a college professor, like that's that's literally what you're doing. So what was the evolution of that? And that and what was the process towards getting to speak at something like the National NSCA Convention? I think the biggest thing is, you know, we're going to go, we're going to travel back in time now. We're going back to the future, back in the future. And so it's in high school, I was very shy, nervous, and timid doing speaking, you know, projects at the front of the class to the point where now, you know, I, and you probably know of her as well, uh, Jenny Rerick, you know, I have a public speaking coach. I, I don't use her. I don't get coached by her as frequent anymore, but you know, to have that in my back pocket was helpful. And so I just made it a point when I graduated undergrad at UMass Boston back in 20, 2011, hey, I'd like to help students because I struggled with an undergrad and I'd like to help students. And I think as us as strength coaches, personal trainers, we like to educate and instruct and guide and coach someone, I'll, you know, like, uh, like Mickey and Rocky, right? Like coaching Rocky in those fights. And so for me, it was, hey, hey, to my alma mater back in 2013 or 14, hey, I'd love to come and do a guest lecture for the students just purely to pay it forward and then from there they brought me back every year and then that grew into me wanting to do more guest lectures specifically in university and college just for undergraduate students just to help them if they're struggling because I struggled and I wanted to pay it forward and you know share some of those hey you know don't do this do this instead to not make mistakes and so to the point now where I think when you put out and you can attest to this you put out information and content on social media, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. I mean, I'm sure there's other things in the process getting built now too. That becomes a walking resume. And this person does this, this person does that. And so it turned into like anything, someone says, Hey, you know what, can you just come teach my staff something for half an hour, like a lunch and learn or an in-service to the point where you say, you know what, I actually like doing this. I want to professionalize my approach. And so now I'm at the point where I'm, you know, we were talking about this uh, affairs. I'm very fortunate to have the opportunity to present, to travel, to speak. So I don't take any of that for granted. And the biggest thing is I remember uh, the Jordan documentary. Well, I'm sorry. It's not, it's not called the Jordan documentary. It was the Netflix special during the pandemic. 
um, the Bulls one that the 10 episodes where they followed them throughout their, um, before they retired, I forget the name of it. Um, the I just called it the last dance, last dance. He had last dance. And so I'll never forget Tim Grover, Michael Jordan's former strength coach, cross trainer, whatever you want to call him said, Michael Jordan took going out on the court so serious because he had to show up for the people in, in the audience and the attendees. And I, I really, that stuck with me. Like, Hey, like they're paying you to do something helpful to give them something to apply in their professional setting in training in strength conditioning and fitness and so for me it's i think you you get past the quote-unquote cool factor oh this is cool no hey i'm here to do a job i'm gonna have fun i'm gonna let them have fun as well i'm gonna make it relatable but i'm here to do a job so i look at it now as it's just one of the things that i'm i'm fortunate to have the ability to do and lee boyce talked about this a while back i think he posted about it's like you don't just become a, spe- a public speaker or travel and, and you present, you, be- you have to become relatively good at your craft, strength, strength, conditioning, personal training, fitness, coaching, whatever it is you want to call yourself, right? Training athletes, training clients, training human beings. And then when you travel and speak and educate, you're educating on that topic because you've done it. So yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, let's really jam on that because there's it, a lot of what I do with my media and with the podcast is like you said, it's that paying it forward. It's okay. We have all these coaches who see what they decide are quote successful people in the industry and they want to follow those same paths. I mean, I was that coach and I picked pieces from what I saw. And I think what you just said about the coaching and the skills are still the most fundamental core to everything. Now, there is a process of letting the world see that. And I think people, you get a lot of credibility. It's just a fact from being a speaker and an educator. It's true. And the one that I like to point to is being invited onto podcasts. And for me, yes, I think there's a lot of value in being willing to go and ask for things. But I think a lot of coaches invert the relationship. I think a lot of coaches say, well, I'll be, I'll be seen as being an industry leader or having credibility or status. And I don't like thinking in terms of status, but it works, I guess. If I get on all these podcasts, if I get to speak at these things, when it works in reverse, you get the invitations to do these things. Once you've established that a legacy of being a skilled coach and it educated other formats. So, and, and that's where I am so, so bullish on writing, getting yourself out there and writing for yourself, writing for other publications, you know, creating other forms of media. And I think that, I mean, that's also been my path. And I know that I wait for invitations. I don't ask, or I'm very, very low to asking. I don't think that's smart either. I think it's really important to actually try to knock down those doors. But my point kind of is, you're not going to be satisfied if you get, if you ask and you get on those podcasts, that's not going to make you in your career. It's gotta, all those other things have to be there first. You have to work at that stuff tirelessly, but I'll throw it back to you to go deeper on that. Yeah. And, and you're totally right. And it's, it's, you know, the writing, getting your information, getting your content out there. I, I have been someone who I, I have actually probably the opposite of you is earlier, especially earlier on, I would reach out to anyone that I thought was doing something or in a position that I said, you know what? I think there's a mutual benefit here. I can help them and maybe they can help me. And and if they let me go on their podcast or speak or educate or coach, whatever it may be. 
And the amount of times that you get said no to early on, you become numb to that, I think, or maybe I did. And I think what happens is over time, you realize, and I'm sure you've had this too, where let's say an organization or a company, you reached out to, I don't know, in, in, in February of 2015, this may or may not be a true story. And then maybe a year or two later, you know, they, they first said, no, hey, no, we're all set. Then a year or two later, they're saying, hey, by the way, I love your stuff. I'd love you to hop on. Do you remember that two years ago? You know, so it's, you have to put yourself out there, but you also have to realize people don't have to say yes to you. And I think you can't get bothered by that. You, hey, thanks, no problem. And don't burn bridges. This is a key. Like, you know, you and I both know, this is a very big field, but it's also a very small field. People know each other. So it's, you have to be really intelligent and strategic about having a professional approach, being respectful, being thoughtful, courteous, and also understanding of different people in different scenarios. Like they don't have to, people don't have to say yes to you. And so you got to be cool with that. And sometimes, and you'll get to a point where you're like, you know what? I'm actually glad I'm home this weekend. I get to relax with my family. It's, it's kind of nice. And so it's, um, I think the, the deeper you, you get into it, you begin to have more ownership of carving out what you want to say yes to versus what you want to say no to. But don't be shy early on to ask. Good. And, and I actually agree with that. And I defer to that. And I think that the two things that we said actually are complementary as long as people understand the principles behind it. In order to get people to say yes, you still have to really put in, you know, it's cliche, put in the work, but you have to build a demonstrated resume of credibility as a coach and an educator. And these things all sort of combine together. So I, I don't necessarily think that people should just exclusively follow the way that I do things. I just kind of put my head down. I just work with the clients I have. And here's another important thing that kind of like you alluded to earlier about the getting to getting invitations to speak. You will maybe in the super big picture, earn a livelihood doing public speaking engagements, maybe, or writing for big, big publications. But the amount of time it takes to prepare that, to travel to them, to write these articles versus the amount you'll be paid to do them is, is less than minimum wage when you really break it down. You would make far more money as a coach simply by using that time to coach a client in front of you. Now, it's not that simple. You also, as a coach, get an opportunity to increase your rates, to put yourself in positions where opportunities you couldn't even imagine will certainly start showing up at your door for income and livelihood because of the legacy of all the work to build credibility and authority within the industry. So if you're, again, I don't think anybody who's here is singularly focused on making money or maximizing the amount of money they make for the time. Um, and then the ultimate point is I enjoy writing. I enjoy the public speaking opportunities. It's fun. It's fulfilling. I, I enjoy watching what's happened with social media as a way to connect with more people and to share, you know, the stuff that I've been able to do in my career with other coaches. So that way they have the same benefit and you don't necessarily directly get paid, but it's not about being financially paid. It's about just feeling good, the fulfillment of it, giving back, paying it forward. So if someone's purely motivated by money, these things may actually not be for them. Uh, so that's not actually why we do it. Exactly. That, that, that's a perfect point. It's, 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 that's exactly it. It's you do these type of things to spread the message, to spread the good, to spread the positivity, because you and I both know we're in a point now in our career. And this is why I'm in academia. This is exactly why is because there's an 
an abundance of information out there and it's like kind of sifting through like a web it's like there's everything saturated in the fitness and performance and training field so it's how do we put together simple like digestible information to the masses and so it's like hey you know what if we can do it and give them something for free to, to, to bite on put it out there because we can help it's funny you mentioned lee boyce i just uh i got a ping and i forgot to turn my notifications off and here's a text message from lee boyce right there so uh <laughs> good dude and it, he's, he's one of many examples of, of all the stuff we've been talking about you know he's a guy who he actually got his foot in the door with writing very young very early in his career with t nation and uh, you know obviously he was there quite a, a while before you and I were, but he's one of that generation that kind of inspired you and me to, to be involved with that and want to write for them and, and do what we do. So uh, he's someone, and he's, he's not even, a, he's a young guy. He's younger than me by, by several years. So I admire what he's accomplished. Again, leans into public speaking a lot whenever he can. I've gotten to see him a few times. I've had him as a speaker at my event back in 2019. Uh, so anyway, just funny coincidence. Uh, one of the other things I was curious about too is, I mean, we're talking about a lot of this career stuff and where you are now. Is this something that very early on you kind of imagined or have your goals shifted as opportunities have arisen? Yeah, a little bit of all of that. I know it's kind of like a, a, a cop-out answer. It's just, you know, I've been coaching for 15, about 15 years now and I'm at the point now where, so right now what I do, because I get this question all like, what, what do you do? What, what is your day to day? Like, what is your title? For me, it's simple coach. Everything I do falls under the umbrella of being a coach. So if I'm training a client or an athlete or a human being in their home, which is, this is how I operate now. I travel to their home. I'm coaching them. I'm coaching them for strength training, conditioning, fitness, performance, health, whatever. Right. If I'm traveling and doing a public speaking engagement, I'm educating, I'm coaching the audience. Right. If I'm in a classroom setting in person or online, because I teach at both uh, different formats, I'm coaching my students because coaching to me is educating. It's instructing. It's guiding. It's helping them get to a goal. So that's how I, I view uh, how I operate now. And I'm at the point now where, you know, it's summertime right now. So my students, they're they're the in person uh, where I teach in person here in Boston. They're off for the summer. So I have more time to coach more of my in-home athletes and clients and travel to the gym or travel to their court or do some on-field stuff or, or agility work. And then, you know, I still uh, educate some of the students that where I'm at an online university, it's called Maryville University. So I, I teach them and then it gives me a little bit more time for my PhD homework or coursework, if you will. And then once the semester begins again in the fall, uh, things will shift. So I'll really only have time for a handful of clients but I really value never stopping to train people in person. That's something that I just can never see myself stop doing that. Even if it's one or two clients, because if I ever lose that in-person interaction, that touch, that the, the personal touch of coaching someone in per, like that right there and then in person is so different than in online. And also it's so different from just stop doing it. So I, I can never stop doing that. Um, even if it's eventually one of my family members, it still counts for something, but, um, you know, you never want to lose a skill that you're asked to present on, you know, that has to, that, that sword has to stay, stay sharp. That's, that's interesting. Cause that evokes a bunch of stuff. I mean, again, I've been around now 12 years in the industry almost. And I mean, the 
first, however, I mean, God, six was, you know, straight on this gym floor. You know, I was definitely immersed in a lot of the successful people reading their stuff, YouTube, you name it, what have you. But it was year seven before I started traveling and, and immersing myself more into the world, in the world. And then Instagram came later. And we've seen a lot of this, and this has been going on for a while, this, this business coaching promise of like, you know, working just online and traveling and on a beach. I mean, it's very cliche. And more and more, there's more of these type of people that they, they look really young. You know, it's fairly obvious that this, their media is quite manufactured. You know, they're leaning on the, on the Ferrari or all this sort of bullshit. Very cliche. But there are people in our space who are still pushing this narrative about, you know, business mentorship, which I think can be very valuable. But I'm trying to make sure I understand where I'm going with this. To me, I would, like you, I would never want to get off the gym floor. And I think part of what I like to do with my media is I think there are genuinely good business mentors out there. I've had numbers of them on the podcast. We've got people like uh, Luca Hosovar and Pete Dupuy and Mark Fisher are, are great examples, right? They're really successful. Um, you got, you know, people like my buddy, David O'Tay is doing more and more of that stuff. You get like Kyle Dobbs and Matt Domney of compound performance. And there's a lot of people with a lot of credibility in that space. So I think, you can learn a lot from following those people, people's media, you know, uh, my buddies, uh, I was mentioning uh, Derek Mendoza and Nick Lamb, what they've been doing with their event, Raise the Bar, right? They're really working in that space. You can learn a lot from those people and you may find someone who resonates with you to the point where you decide to hire them. Or you mentioned Jenny Rierick as, you know, your, your public speaking coach. But I also like pulling back the curtain on a lot of the social media side, the writing side, the career side to where people can chart that path more on their own if they choose to hire someone who's really credible, then they know who those credible people are for a very specific reason, but that they don't get taken in by, you know, these fly by night hustlers who are in your DMs. And I don't think anybody listening is fooled by that stuff, but I think you can still be fooled by the image of your, you know, Hey, you got a full schedule. You're getting paid by the hour but it's not good enough somehow. And you're seeing all these people with these, these business systems and how well they're doing. And you spend more time around it. You realize a lot of those people, it's, it's flash and it's actually not real. There are some people, some friends of mine for the industry who quietly are doing astonishingly well. They've got really good businesses, but they don't tend to wave it around. Yeah. Right. So I like just making sure that people understand that. And we're still, even in a subtle way, being indoctrinated that, hey, you're not doing good enough and you need this. So I hope everybody listening kind of, oh, like, yeah. Because I think, it's almost like I had this revelation very recently. And I kind of thought about it. It was like, I, I'd see these people. I'm like, well, okay. You know, I don't like the way they're doing it, but maybe I'm missing out on something. And then I, more and more, I'm like, no, I actually really do think that, you know, some of these people, their social media followings are fake. You know, what they're claiming about their business or lifestyle is, is overblown. And I'm not interested in judging that or worrying about what anybody else is doing. But when it affects you and your own perception of how well you're doing, then I think it's important to kind of say, okay, maybe we don't know the whole truth here. Or maybe what they're doing is a flash moment in time and it's not a sustainable thing. And I look at the people like you and my other friends from the industry who I keep bringing on here and you realize these are people who, yeah, you, you still have to work. You still have to coach a client in front of you. You still have to build relationships and it never really stops. 
So I, and I hope that everybody listening realizes that that in of itself and just the work and the consistency and, and the process of it, like we try to teach our clients about loving the process, not the outcome. It's really about just being in that process. And it's not about reaching some arbitrary point in time where all of a sudden all your systems work for themselves. You get to work four hours a week or any of this kind of crap. It's so true. It's, it's, you know, like, well, how do you define success? Because whatever success is to you, then that's great. You know, for me, my quote unquote success, and this is like, it's different for everyone is being able to have a healthy schedule where I have my own personal time to work out. I may train a, a few clients and then I, I'm in the classroom setting. I'm advising, I'm coordinating internships for students. I'm educating students and I may or may not travel and speak here and there. And then I have the weekend off to spend time with my family. Like that to me is that's, that's my pinnacle of success. And so I'm not there quite yet. I'm getting close, very close. And so that to me is success. And so you have to define what it is success is to you because the other, the other side of the coin is if you're not taking care of yourself and what you want in life and what, what, what fulfills you and what you enjoy, you, you're, you're going to be lying to yourself if you think you can take care of other people from a strength and conditioning and training and fitness and health standpoint. And I don't think I've said this on air or in any of my media, but uh, I had been feeling probably the last several months, I, I don't want to call it like full on burnout, but feeling like I was rub it up against the edges of burnout more than I ever had been. And that's an accumulation of, you know, more career responsibilities, you know, the, the schedules being full, the growth of my online business, which is time consuming. Uh, social media interaction has grown by the virtue of how social media has grown. And I didn't realize how much the last couple of years had affected me. And I'm not one of these people who it's like, psychologically cower and hide and yell at everybody else that they have to do the same. If anything, I, I'll be careful how I say this because I'm very much moderate, but I think what we did as a society was, was a terrible thing. And we're going to be feeling repercussions of this in ways that we, some of us kind of knew inflation being one of those things, but in ways that we don't even realize psychologically. And I came out the other side of it. And I recently tried to you know get a bunch of my friends together and it was really hard to get them all, you know, people are busy or they were tired. And like a few of my fr close friends all had kids recently and it was sort of a disappointment. And then I was left feeling like, wow, okay, maybe I didn't do enough over the last couple of years to make sure I was doing more with these relationships. And I'm originally from the East coast of Canada. So I'm going home to see my, my folks um, in a couple of weeks. And I reach out to a bunch of old friends that you're like, oh, it's been so long. It's been so long. And you like, put it off, put it off, put it off. And so I was talking to two of my closest friends, one of whom I hadn't talked to in a couple of years, and the other I hadn't talked to much. I missed him last time I was home to discover that one of those friends, he'd recently, you know, dealt with cancer. Now he's coming out the other side of me. He's okay. And there's some other stuff that happened to him. And he didn't have a really great couple of years. And I felt terrible that I wasn't, you know, present and interactive. And, you know, I guess this is the sort of thing, you know, you don't pop up at a message and say, hey, by the way, this is what's going on. So, you know, I made a big point of saying, all right, I got to go spend some time with my friend. And, but it, and then I got on a call with another friend who we're going to go hang out. He's originally from Newfoundland. He's here in Edmonton. And we're going to go sit down this weekend and I'm looking forward to it. Got on the phone. It was great. And it woke me up to realize like, I really need to take myself maybe out of this like nonstop work mode and reconnect with some of these things that I've lost along the way. And I don't think we ever talk about that stuff. No, not at all. And that's this, I'm glad you hit on this because it's, 
you get caught in the cycle of, all right, my Instagram post got to go Tuesday morning. I got to train clients on t- Wednesday. I got to, you know, this is that. I got to write this book. I got to, you know, write this article. You know, and it's like, boom, 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 boom. Eric Cressy talked about this years ago is like from a program design. So I'll, I'll relate is like, you can't just continue to add shit into your training program. Like you have to add one, subtract something. You can't just add exercise in like, all right, well, I'm going to do 75 exercises in one day. I'm going to die. You know, it's like, Hey, add something, but subtract something else. And so, you know, I'm very similar to you in that regard. Like I put my head down and just, okay, yup, next. Okay. Yup. Next. Okay. Yup. Next. Uh, uh, wait a second. Uh, take a break, Matt, like accountability. And so since leaving gym ownership back in January, 2021, it has really opened my eyes to like having like, like, like a shut off button for the day. So around five o'clock every day, I take this god awful thing on <laughs> my cell phone and I put it face down, right? And I put my computer and I put it face down. And, you know, I spend time with my wife, we have a dinner or we might go for a walk after dinner. We watch a movie, watch a Netflix series. Um, right now, watching uh, Blackbird on Apple TV. Excellent so far. We're on episode two. I think there are four episodes. It's super good. And so, now, granted, will I go on this a couple times throughout the night just to check in? Sure, I'm a human being. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say, oh, yeah, it's down the whole time. But predominantly speaking, screens are down for the most part between 5 and 9 o'clock. Once 9, 10 o'clock hits, I'm in bed, I'm up at 5 a.m., and then I check everything then. And so kind of unplugging it is, is the first thing. But the next piece is, you know, knowing when, hey, is this Instagram post really that important right now on Saturday at two o'clock when I'm here with my family at a pool or can I just go play basketball with my little brother and just dunk on his face and have fun for a few hours and then get to that later when I'm, you know, have some downtime. So it's allocating priorities like where we are in life. It's by no means am I saying, Hey, be lazy and do nothing, but just know how to better prioritize and allocate things in your life to make it more enjoyable. And that's the thing, like, how do you reconnect with friends, stay in touch with family, you know, be there in precious moments, like birthdays, holidays. And so it's, I think the word that you said is sums everything up, be present. Uh, And it's so easy to forget that. And I have to be very careful that, especially with how I portray my media, because people have this perception that I'm, you know, constantly busy, right? And then sure, there's a lot of stuff in my career. But another realization is that your friends kind of just assume you're super busy or they also assume that you're, you know, with doing other things with other people and you turn around and it's like quiet, no one's messaging you. And it's like, yeah, my phone's blowing up because A, it's clients and it's like messages from, from people on Instagram, like followers or what have you. But you look around, you're like, wait a second. I haven't heard from like most of my close friends. One of my best friends will message me all the time, sends me memes nonstop. She's great. But Everybody else is like super quiet. It's just like shit. And then you also realize, well, no, I also have to water these relationships too. I, I don't know if you ever heard that analogy. It's like, stop, uh, what is it? Stop watering dead plants. Like stop texting people and see how many people. I actually hate that metaphor. I don't like it because you also don't know what's going on with someone. Like my friend back in Newfoundland, who's going through, you know, a separation and cancer all at the same time. It's like, no, that's on me. I really should have like been poking it at him and seeing how he was doing. You know, he, he's a very close old friend and we'll have a great time when I see him. So I, I think that a lot of people won't make those efforts sometimes for any number of valid reasons. So I think it still falls to us to do it. 
And it's also sort of the same thing with a coaching relationship too, with some of your clients, like you may have to poke and nudge and prod at them. Um, oh, yeah. I've got a new client and she's a, she's a lawyer. So, you know, knowing the way that some people have professional boundaries in their professions, it's yeah. important that, because they, they're going to expect that the same kind of boundary with their, their trainer. Maybe they want that, but it's still good to let them know that, Hey, it, it, you spend a couple hours a week with your trainer. It's not the same. You have, they have my cell number, that sort of thing. So if they need something that they can reach out to me, no problem. And then I set my boundaries on my end, just like you putting your phone away, right? It really doesn't make a difference if I respond to someone at 6 PM or probably the next morning when I you know, go back at it. So true. things true. rarely are that urgent. Yeah, absolutely. It's so true. Setting boundaries in a respectful, professional way. You know, David Ote talks about this a lot is like, you know, a cancellation policy or, you know, it's like, hey, like, this is a profession too. <laughs> just like being a lawyer, a dentist, uh, a nurse, like the, a nurse, uh, you know, someone in finance, like it's, 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 it's still a profession as well. So we have to treat it as such. Yeah. And I know a lot of trainers, I mean, we're getting into minutia here, but cancellation policies, a lot of trainers struggle with that early in their careers because they're afraid that, oh, I'll piss off and lose the client. Well, you come to realize that a client who's pissed off and who you might lose because you're enforcing a cancellation policy is a problem. And I'll say this kind of bluntly is probably a client you should piss off and lose, right? Or yeah. it's a client who ultimately is going to be difficult. Yeah. yeah. Because if this is a common occurrence, I mean, your time is valuable too. And I think it, it's born from a, a scarcity mindset. Trainers are worried. Well, if I lose this client, I'm in a lot of trouble and hail I've been there. And I had a point a few years back, several years back, where I had a cluster of clients who were just emotionally draining me because of collectively the number of sessions that they had during my week and the difficulty of getting them to actually show up. Mm -hmm. and so I remember allowing three of them to move on. And then I was able to get the other two sorted out. The other two, they were just stuff going on in their world. They are amazing clients. They're each four times a week with me now. I am so glad I was able to iron it out, but it took casting aside the other ones to clear the emotional bandwidth, to straighten out the other, the, the good ones. And all of a sudden my energy that I'm projecting out into the world is better. And then it, within a couple of months, it was a surge. I remember like eight new clients all popped up all separately. Just it happened from the culmination of all the shit I've been doing for years and people finding me, you can't predict when that'll happen. And then a couple of those didn't work out, but like, you filter and then over time, gradually, you just get more and more people. And now I have my client, Larry, who, I mean, I have to tell Larry to stay away. You know, it's like, <laughs> exactly. He came in one day and he tested, poor guy, he tested negative for COVID, but he probably had a cold. And he's of that generation where it's like, hey, you know, if you're, if you got a cold, you come in, you tough it out. But I, I politely booted him out of the gym because I'm like, no, uh-uh, right? Uh, you know, I don't want this and I don't want to, you know, miss uh, a week. At the time, he'd taken a home rapid, and we didn't know, you know, what he might have actually been sick. Turns out he was fine. He actually it kicked his butt a little bit, but he he wasn't sick with COVID. But uh, and he thought about it. He realized afterwards, yeah, he's like, "Oops, shit," because we have to relearn that in the way that we interact with our society. But uh, Larry, like, I can't kick him out of the gym, right? So, and he's a great client to work with. So okay. over time, you'll find more and more of those people if you're guarding your own emotional energy and setting appropriate boundaries with this. And it's you could feel really trapped holding on to a client who doesn't respect your time and is difficult to deal with like that, but it's very freeing. And uh, I mentioned this book before, but the book book yourself solid 
goes into depth on this particular cop topic. It's one of the first concepts that he goes really hard into. And it can be difficult to buy into it initially, but once you've experienced it, then you're, you're, you're converted and you understand it. So go read that book. Oh yeah, that sounds great. Thank you. Well, I'm sort of speaking to everybody else, but if you want to read it. You know. <laughs> I'll listen as well. <laughs> yeah, I like that book a lot. Uh, so what else is coming up? What else is uh, on your plate for the, the rest of this year? Got, so the tour is coming to and I, I call it the tour since mid-April to now late July I've been to about three to four conferences events speaking whatever it is per month so you know throw a couple of weddings in there so um, I, I've been calling it the summer tour 2022 so it comes to an end now uh, we're going so I'm, I'm going to sports academy which is which is the satellite site to the original Mamba Sports Academy in Thousand Oaks, Cali, but this is in Frisco, Texas. Uh, Vernon Griffith was asked by, um, so last year was the inaugural event, the Human Performance Summit, put on by Nate Barunda. He's one of their co-owners. And he put it on, I mean, people like Brett Bartholomew were there, um, a ton of great speakers. You know, Vernon had happened to be there, I was there. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Muscle Doc was there, a bunch of great people. Jordan Shallow. Yeah. yeah, he put up a great presentation. And so they're doing another event this year uh, and Vernon is kind of hosting it. And so it's a smaller lineup of speakers. So it's five of us over a two day span. And, you know, and this goes back to the presentation stuff, right? Like, yeah, you have to put presentation slides and, and a PowerPoint together to present. But if someone takes you after being in the field for five, 10, 15 years, right? And throws you on a podium or a stage, you should be able to present on a topic that you do every day. And so Vernon's been like, I don't know if you met Vernon Griffith, but he's like super loose, super chill. Like I call him the skateboarder, skateboarder cool kid of, of strength training. He's kind of just got that, like that thing going with the flow and everything. And I'm like, yo, Vernon, like, do you want presentation slides? He's like, man, let's just, let's just let it rock. So I'm going to, I'm doing a new presentation. I'm calling it frontal plane fundamentals. So understanding how to, how to build durability, mobility, flexibility, warm up and load and then strength train in lower body frontal plane of motion. So lateral squats, lateral lunges, caustic squats, using different implements like landmine, barbell, dumbbell, chain, just understanding why it's important from an anatomical functional standpoint from hip and knee anatomy and, and just like health and then how to properly load and build someone up. Because oftentimes we're like, yeah, deadlifts and squats are the only way to get strong in lower body. Yep, sure. But your first exercise in lower body training once in a while can be a heavy lateral lunge or heavy lateral squat. And we need to be okay with that or lateral step up, step down. And so I'm going to play around with that topic for an hour. I'm still kind of going through it. And there's no presentation slides. It's just, it's just off the cuff. And just I'll put something on the board like, hey, here's my four, four big keys. Let's just go over things. And it's going to be super interactive and like hands on. We're going to train. And so that's one I'm doing. I'll do my deceleration one, which I've been very fortunate that that's hit off pretty well for I think 24, 25 times I've done that. I'll be taking that to Duke University in uh, January, February for them. I'm looking forward to catching a Duke, Duke University basketball game as well. I'm bummed Coach K is not going to be there, but the other topic I'm doing at the Human Performance Summit this weekend is going to be on uh, plyometrics. So understanding like how to start out. So I'll, I'll pepper in some isometrics, some groin, hamstring, some calf work, obviously, because I love calf work. And then understanding how to employ extensive and, uh, and intensive plyometric drills, reactive drills, and power production in your programs. 
and understanding that, hey, like it doesn't have to be sexy, doesn't have to look cool, doesn't have to be Instagram worthy, just the basics are really good. So I'm looking forward to this one. And then after this, I'm unplugging for the rest of the summer with, with speaking engagements and just chilling, my wife, hanging out, my family. Um, you know, my, my goddaughter loves to swim. My older brother's uh, daughter, Ellie, she's three now. And, uh, she, you know, when she's at the pool, man, like, you know, three or four hours in the pool, we'll swim around. And that is becoming really enjoyable for me for uh, becoming, you know, being a godfather and being able to, the godfather, I had to put that in there, being able to hang out with her and, and, and my, my brothers, my, you know, my wife, my mom and dad and her family. And so it's, it's, uh, that's where we're heading now, brother. Nice. Well, that's super cool. Um, the, all that frontal plane stuff. Uh, Pat Davidson was here not too long ago. I got to hang out with him and he did a two-day presentation and he actually got a lot into that stuff as part of his his matrix and, and his pillars and his system. And it was a good treatment. And we know that we don't get enough of that in a lot of the, the basic stuff uh, that's floating around out there. So it's, it's almost trickier. Uh, Bailey and I, my partner in uh, our women's online group strength training program, we built in more frontal plane movement, more lateral lower body movement this time around. And the women are fighting it challenging, but they're actually really enjoying it. Cossack squats are in that program, right? Lateral lunges are in that program. Because it, at, at least on the surface, it doesn't seem like there's necessarily a lot of options there, but it, you throw a landmine into play and all of a sudden you've got some stuff. No, that's cool. Um, real quick before I go to, because I want to make sure I plug this. I am uh, speaking, and I'm talking to the audience here more so than you. I'm speaking at the Inland Empire Fitness Conference, and that's uh, August 12th and 13th in Spokane. It's something I've gone to. This is my second time speaking at it, fourth time there total. My friend Tim Arndt does this thing. And so I'm looking forward to that. We've got a bunch of uh, my friends like Dr. Alan Bacon, Logan Dubay, Jeb Stewart Johnson are speaking. Sure, like, like Brad Dieter. Right? Mm -hmm. he's, he's epic. He's, he's really, I think he's local to Spokane. He's very good friends with Tim. And uh, there's a really cool speaking lineup. So I hope um, anybody in that area will actually take a look at that thing. And then I think I get to chill out. There's a buddy of mine's having an event in New York, I think October 1st, my buddy Kenny Santucci. That Actually, I want people to like, keep an eye on that because that thing's going to be huge. Uh, we'll see. I'm going to try to get down to it. And then I'm going to try to do something local, maybe as a small speaker series here. And then uh, if everything goes according to plan, I'll have something in late February for everyone. So uh, that is going to be fun. I, I hope that I'll get to meet more and more of the people that have been kind enough to listen, longtime listeners, uh, the coaches out there, because it's, it's a really cool thing to go to an event and then finally get to see someone in person who you've been interacting with online for, you know, a few years at this point. So um, I hope everybody is hungry to get back out at, you know, in-person stuff. It seems like there's a big, really big demand for it. I just, I can't do the virtual stuff anymore. <laughs> it's just, I just can't sit in front of a computer for eight hours and, and just watch stuff. Um, I'm doing uh, Joel Jameson's uh, conditioning certified conditioning course right now. And I love it. I, honestly, it's great, but I do it in small doses, right? I, I just don't do well with like sitting in front of video for long periods of time anymore. And Joel's course is incredible. You're, you're, I mean, yes, as good as he is and he is great. I'm, I'm with you. It's maybe 20, 30 minutes and I got to pop off or if, if it's something online, you know, it's, I can't, I don't have that ability anymore. I've, I've completely exhausted and drained that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, if I'm if I'm doing podcasts or audio, it's like what I'm driving around or what I'm cooking, right? I, I can't do this whole like I don't understand how people sit in front of like their computer and watch a three hour Joe Rogan podcast. Like I get it, people are that interested in this stuff, but I can't do that shit at all. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, tell everybody where they could find you. Get them following you on your social media. Instagram, simple Matthew Ibrahim underscore some jerk 
has my last name as well. So I had, had, had the underscore, but yeah, that's hit me up on Instagram DMS. You know, I'm pretty accessible from there, but uh, thank you for having me on, Andrew. I really appreciate it. At some point in the future, we have to get a meetup in person, whether it's yeah. an event or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. Thank you again for, for having me on. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's been a blast. Oh, it's been great. And, uh, you know, anybody who's interested too, uh, Matthew and I did a T-Nation article a while back together. So if you search around for that, um, you can find it too. Go check out what we've done and uh, go follow him. Go check him out. And if you get a chance Go see him in person at one of these events because you've been doing enough of them. And then for everybody else, uh, thank you so much. If somebody is finding my podcast for the first time through Matthew's media, well, go back to his previous episode appearance. I can't remember the number off the top of my head, uh, but it's under the still the new format, the, the current 91 episodes versus the old 150 with my buddy Dean Guido. That is like, there's a shit ton back there too. You know, everybody from John Berardi all down. Um, but anyway, so check it out and maybe you'll stick around and listen to more. So, uh, Matthew, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, brother.